The Alex Rub Fishing Podcast is powered by X2 Batteries. If you demand the most out of your battery, whether it's lithium or AGM, whether you're in a kayak or a boat, you need to check out X2 Power Batteries, making the best batteries in the business and keeping up with all the demands that us as anglers have while we're out on the water. Go to x2powerbatteries.com to check out the full battery selection. Yeah, baby. Wonder if all my bad decisions get accounted in the algorithms. No statistician could dissuade me from my bigger vision. I know my occupation's quite an unlikely place in this world to occupy and talk about upon a daily basis. Our information's predetermined by some biased business. We all insermit the silicon that push up lovely neighbors. I'm done with paper chasing, think I'm on the bigger banquets. This that full circle. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. It's another Friday Night Live, another live stream. I'm excited. I'm always excited. I'm really excited because I got my good friend. Mr. Drew Gregory with me tonight, and it's going to be a good podcast because we're going to be talking about something that Drew has been working on for a good little while now, and I've been a part of on the back end and and been a big supporter of the idea that is what we're going to talk about tonight, but I'm I'm excited. I'm glad you guys are here. I think it's going to be a fun live show. It's always fun when Drew's on. It's always fun when Drew's on because it starts on one thing, and he is a good rabbit holer just like I am, so we've got a mission about what we want to talk about tonight, but I can promise you we will get on a rabbit hole, and we will just venture on down yeah. it at some point tonight but drew how you doing buddy i just i'm doing I feel good because like I, I just saw you in indianapolis we did the indianapolis boat show together but how, how have you been since then i've been good you know um just getting re- recovered from that you know trip you know when you're gone all weekend and i got you know, the kids and the wife and the family and all the dogs and everything's crazy so i gotta catch up with them and just catch up with everything work but it's good the wife is actually out of town or not out of town just not here tonight so i, I put the kids to bed so hopefully they don't wake up and have no no issues with them or anything during the podcast which they'll be out but um yeah i got i feel good man just took a a nice hot bath just relaxed i cleaned up for you alex i mean dude i I mean i don't even do that for my wife anymore all the time bro so bethany if you're listening you know how it is i mean come on so i'm a a special human and you need to do special things no i love it (laughs) yeah man i'm 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 clean i'm ready to roll let's do this and uh yeah i'm excited yeah, no, it was cool. It's good, good to see you, buddy, and it's good to hang what? out with you. The, the Indianapolis boat show was fun. That was cool to kind of just be among kayakers and talk about kayak fishing stuff. And that was cool. We got to do kayak panels, and I live streamed mm-hmm. a couple on Instagram, and so that was cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a fun. It was a fun show. You know what I mean? I, I think that it's cool. It shows that kayak fishing really is making a big wave, and that it's going to yeah. continue to make a big wave. And it was kind of crazy to see just all the boats and all the RVs and all the stuff, but still everybody was kind of over in the fishing thing. And then the kayak pool was like the big yeah. draw. Like there was so many people yeah. wanted to see the kayaks and I thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a cool show. Uh, and, you know, being with you and Gene and Mike and doing those panels and, and just you start to realize that the people are, you know, that follow us and everyone, all the, the you know, their numbers, right. Uh-huh. And that are fans and friends of ours, you guys, family, whatever, but it's just cool to see like all the random unique people that we've touched or inspired or taught something or helped in some way or, or bought a product that we recommended. And it's just changed their lives in a positive way. So it's kind of cool. It's all about what you're about when I'm about just yeah. affecting people positively, which is what, you know, essentially the kayak adventure series is all about. I mean, yeah. it's I love that one. Sweet plug, dude. And I have to say, 
you are one of the smoothest pluggers I've ever seen. Dude, when we were on that kayak panel, man, you would just plug. I mean, listen, guys, I thought I was good. Okay, I really did. Like, I thought I was pretty smooth. And, like, if you listen to some podcast forum, you know the X2 ads. I, I ease them in there real smooth. Like, you know, I, I really do oh, take yeah. pride in making those as fun as possible. But I'm telling you, man, oh, yeah. we'd be in the middle of that panel. And, I mean, Drew would plug real tree fishing, 13 fishing, crescent <laughs> kayaks, and kayak adventure series, and GoPros so fast. It make your head spin, and I was just—it's impressive, buddy. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's—it's it's funny too because some people in some circles might even see that as like a oh a plug is like like a negative take that kind of oh, negatively yeah. like oh plug. Okay. But the reality is they're they're kind of just transitions and and ways to bring in the products and sponsors that that you have. But here's the kicker that people forget. Kicker. We are sponsored by these companies because we already use and love their products and we know they work. It's not yeah. like we're trying to only plug something that someone's going to buy and they're going to waste their money. And then it's not, they're going to, you know, cause if that happens, as you know, Alex, if we, if we promote something and push it, that's not really good. Yeah. We're going to lose our credibility and we'll never be able to be promoting anything again without, you know, 100%. it's never going to work. So, oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it, it's interesting how, different people kind of and how i've learned to work stuff in whatnot but i'm glad you uh i, I thought you were good at it too man yeah i'm speaking of smooth plug i will i'm going to answer a question that just popped up it's funny how many people ask this question to me and i, I can't believe in all the videos that i've made and as much as i've talked about it, i've still not communicated this to people well enough yet is what money badger size do I use? I use the 6.25. That's the one that I use the most. I actually just got a big order from Berkeley in today and replenished all my 6.25s that I needed. But the the Berkeley money badger 6.25, that's my favorite one. I mean, they're all good, but that's my favorite one. And, you know, so now, and I'll tell you another thing tonight, obviously people on podcast form can't do this, but if you're, if you're in the live stream, if you got questions about, what we're about to talk about tonight, please ask them because I think that's going to be super important. I mean, I think looking at this from the inside looking out, we sometimes forget what the the person who's going to be participating, and I'm going to be participating in some of these, but what some of those questions are going to be um, because a lot of people are super um, excited about this, but I think people are just still wondering like, hey, is this going to be worth my time? You know, what's going on? Where is it at? Why is it happening? All those kinds of things. And so, Without further ado, I think we just get right into this thing, Drew. I mean, tell yeah. people, give everybody, let's start with the 10,000-foot view. What is the 10,000-foot view of the Kayak Adventure Series? Yeah, I like it, man. The 10,000-foot view. Well, essentially, you guys, in fishing tournaments and, and you know, get-togethers, they're more fun if more people are there, right? Like, it's just the truth. They're more fun for everybody. The, the pot is bigger if you're concerned about the money and the size, you know, Matt, you can win. The parties are bigger, the, the the fun. And that's essentially what this is trying to be is create a format that appeals to, you know, especially to those intermediate, you know, beginner, intermediate people that are just kind of getting into, you know, kayak fishing competitively. But then also, I think we'll still draw some some big names, too, that we can all kind of be there and hang out with. But essentially, it's just to get as many people there as possible, have the biggest, the six biggest parties across the country as we can have in kayak fishing and then kind of highlight and celebrate that region and even team up and partner with some local clubs in that region. Right. So that's kind of the 10,000 foot view. And the way we're doing it is we've got uh, GoPro on board as the headline sponsor and they're on board because 
we're holding our awards, which I think is one of the biggest differentiators in what we're doing in these cool historic theaters, right? You can go check it out at kayakadventureseries.com. And there's six cities we're going to, six different unique cool theaters where we can put your pictures and videos of your GoPro clips that you have and the clips that my production team get of anglers they're following on the water on that big screen and just just make it a more entertaining visually uh, like product. And so bring people together. We've got a festival that goes on on Saturday and it's, it's family friendly. So there's bounce houses, there's food, drinks, music, kayak demos at most of the events, uh, truck, Toyota truck demos, a lot going on. So essentially, I mean like the 10,000 foot view and we'll get into the other stuff later is just, it's supposed to be the six biggest, most fun celebration parties in, in hopefully in kayak fishing throughout the year. And hopefully even just continue to, to grow the sport, just com- just complete and I say grow it because you know it's a low cost of entry and mm-hmm. soccer is the biggest sport in the world because it's the easiest barrier to entry it's a ball uh, you know what I mean essentially so I feel like we made our rules and our format and everything in a way that can you know the kayak fishing is already the cheapest most inexpensive way to get into the sport for a boat mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so let's just let's just grow it big from the ground up and keep it get it as close to soccer as possible, but yet still allow all that other technology and motors and all that stuff. If you want to do it. And then it's like you and I, we, you love the UFC. It's like the octagon analogy of let's let all these styles of anglers come together and battle it out and then see kind of yeah. who ends up on top. No. Yeah. That was my favorite analogy that you made because it hit home with me. It's like, it is like an octagon, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> back up a little bit. Yeah. Kind of adventure series for people just, you know, that was a good 10,000 foot view, but it is going to be a tournament series. So let's just yep. make sure and clarify that it's, it's a yep. set of tournaments. It's six tournaments all across the country. So this is a national level, you know, kayak trail with um, a national level kind of kayak trail entry fee, which is what it's going to be 250 bucks, right? No, well, if you entered everything, it would, but the, the individual division is only 150 and the team is 150, but that's a two man team, you know, X2, the sponsored by X2 there, two-man team, times two. All right, there you go, plug. And um, so if you enter the team at 150 and you split that, obviously with your partner at 75 bucks, which you would do, right? So you're at 150 for the individual, 75 for the team. So now you're at 225. If you want to enter the micro bag, which is the five smallest fish, a minimum of five inches. So obviously a 25-inch bag would be the, the best you could do. That division's a fun division for 25 bucks. And you could spend as much as 250 or more because every single event we have, we have a, a club that's joining us. And it and today I can announce something new no one's ever heard before. The Pennsylvania event on the Susquehanna just has a third local trail joining us, Slay Nation. They're wow. gonna have the Battle of the Border, New York Slay and PA Slay Nation are coming together, and they're actually announcing that right now on their live as well. Cool. And uh, so that's going to be cool. I have three. So if, if you weren't were to just get a little crazy, that's why I said it can still appeal to the, some high level anglers that are really kind of doing this more full time for a living and, and, and are concerned about how, how big the payouts are. But mm-hmm. think about it. If you entered all those and let's say they're just 50 or 75 bucks a piece for the one, two or three, you know, local tournaments and you enter the team, the individual, the micro bag. Yeah, you could you could certainly spend. 300 plus dollars on everything and then walk away with someone would walk away with five figures. But mm-hmm. you also, what's important is you can just show up and hit in 25 bucks, fish the micro bag or just mm-hmm. 75 and fish the two man team, which, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of like, so it's, your, uh, choose your adventure. Yeah. It's an, it's a national level 
kayak trail with the potential for national level payouts. But also if you're newer to the sport, if you're looking for something to kind of dabble into what is it like to fish one of these tournaments? Cause I'll be honest, dude. I mean, the first time you fish a Hobie or a, you know, a Bass Nation tournament or a BAS, like a Bassmaster level kayak tournament. I mean, dude, it's a little bit intimidating. You know, you walk in a room, mm-hmm. it's 200 of, you know, 200 oh, stick yeah. is what it is. And I mean, they'll beat your eyeballs in. And and the thing is, is we're probably yeah. going to draw some of those people in and they're probably going to come fish with us and they're going to come hang out with us. Yeah. And, and it's going to be fun. But like Drew said, if you're looking for something, you can either go all in or you can just go partially in. And he said, it's like, it's pick your adventure kind of deal. And I really like that. And another thing that I like about it is that it's going to be pick your own poison. It's going to be like the octagon. And I like it that is. because that is such a great analogy too for you guys. Really like, yeah, dude, it's a fantastic analogy. <laughs> I mean, it's so good because all right. So for you guys that don't know much about mixed martial arts, I love it. It's something I enjoy. We watch every single fight. Drew, we actually watched the last fight together. Yep. Unfortunately, got to watch Alex, Alexander <laughs> Volkanovsky, like literally get knocked into the shadow realm. Yeah, that was sad, but, um, <laughs> So in the octagon, you got a bunch of different styles, right? You got dudes who do jujitsu. You got, you know, well-rounded MMA guys. You got boxers. You got kickboxers. Everything. You got wrestling dudes. And all these stylistic matchups, you know, they lead to what is the entertainment of the UFC and, and of mixed martial arts. Well, in kayak fishing and fishing in general, but kayak fishing more specifically, you got dudes who want to go offshore like Gene Jensen and do the, you know, do the live scope thing. Yeah. They want to, they want to use motors. They want to go out deep. They want to find fish deep. Our buddy Bailey does that. I mean, I was just yeah. texting a few minutes ago, you know, he's about to fish the Bassmaster down on Murray. And I mean, he's talking about, you know, fishing out deep, you know, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And so that's what he likes to do. And then there's other dudes like us that like to go explore creeks and rivers and find the mm-hmm. smallest little put in that no one's ever heard of and go fish for creek fish and river fish. And then there's dudes who like to do something in between both of those. And I'm one of yeah. those guys, kind of like I love the creek yeah. fishing thing, but I have skill sets to do both. And so wherever I find the best mm-hmm. for me at that event, I can yeah. go do whatever it is. And so this will be really cool because we have no designated ramps. Um, we yep. only have designated, you know, lakes and rivers. So we have multiple bodies of water to fish from. So explain to everybody kind of the thought process yeah. on multiple bodies of water and letting everybody come in there and be like, you know, hey, I'm going to bring my jujitsu against yep. your wrestling and let's see what exactly. happens. I really do love the comparison to the UFC because just like the UFC, fishing is anecdotal. All the different experiences kind of lead to what you enjoy or what you end up doing in the fishing world. It's the same way with fighting. All your experiences lead to what you do in fighting. And, you know, fishing being the anecdotal sport that it is, you're able to do so many different things, but there's one constant in all of it, and that is that we need batteries. Whether it's starting your truck to get to the lake, whether it's starting your boat once you get there, or running your electronics on your kayak, or charging your phone, or having to jump start your truck if something happens, or blow your tire up, all of those things require batteries in some shape, form, or fashion, and X2 power batteries are making the batteries for those situations, or the pieces of equipment that you need for those situations. What's really cool about X2 power batteries is when I first started working with them, we were just making batteries, batteries for the marine world, the RV world, you know, batteries that powered things, that started things. But now they've expanded outside of that. And the thing is, is they're making awesome stuff like our jump starter pack that can jump start your vehicle if you got a dead battery. They're making the air compressor. It's a lithium powered air compressor that can blow your tire up on your boat or your car or your truck or whatever it happens to be that you have that need for. But they're still doing all of that. 
plus making some new equipment that is going to be awesome for the outdoorsman to power your whole entire outdoors adventure, whether you're in the backwoods or you're at home. It'll be coming down the pipe soon. I'll be sharing it with you guys and all doing all of that. And they're still making the best batteries on the market when it comes to marine batteries, whether it's starting your boat, whether it's powering graphs in your kayak. Like I've always said, guys, I got two 50 amp hour lithiums in my kayak running my Newport motor. I got a 20 amp hour running my 10 inch Helix Humminbird. I've got four blue top AGMs in my boat to run my uh, starting capabilities, my live wells, all my electronics needs, and then a 100 amp hour lithium to run just my electronics, like my Mega Live, my Mega 360, my Raptors, and all that. And I mean, guys, I've never had a single issue out of my X2 power batteries. This is no rah rah bull crap, and I say this all the time. As long as those batteries are charged, they are going to work. And over the three years that I've been working with this company, absolutely zero issues but if you happen to have an issue for whatever reason you can walk into a local batteries plus near you and they're going to be able to help you out because there's battery experts has been trained in the lingo that anglers talk and can help you to fix the problem that you have or just buy the battery that you need and if you don't have a local batteries plus near you just go to x2power.com you can go on the website use the battery calculator you can plug in all your information i'll tell you the battery that you need and you can order the batteries there the jump starter packs all of that stuff but before you make any order make sure you use the code rudx 2 that's r-u-d-d-x the number two and it'll save you 10 percent off your entire purchase and now without further ado let's keep this discussion with drew gregory going about the kayak adventure series yeah it's pretty cool because multiple bodies of water this is actually where it actually ties into what i was saying about soccer and about so we're appealing to so boxing is just boxing right well now we're appealing to the boxers jujitsu the wrestlers the Muay Thai, all of it. So now isn't that like, that's a broad, that's more people, right? So now we're appealing to everybody. You're mm-hmm. offshore, you're dock skipping guys on the Lake bank, you're like Creek river, whatever. And, and so now there's going to be potentially more people in the event. So you need to have enough water to handle all these people. Cause you, cause I'm trying to set these boundaries in this format up. This is a new game in, in a way, right? It's a new game. Like mm-hmm. t- you can fish within an hour of the, the, the uh, theater, right? Uh-huh. one hour and we put on the if you can go on the website and see all the boundaries and the uh, the we call them our core bodies of water right uh-huh. so the lakes that are in bounds the rivers and creeks that are you know the main core bodies of water the, anything that's free flowing into those is all good and that's for you to explore and you know adventure obviously uh-huh. so basically we wanted to make sure when you count like two and three lakes and four lakes and they add up to whatever maybe it adds up to 20 or 30,000 acres or, and then you got 150 or 200 miles of rivers and creeks that are floatable. You can have 500 people in these events and not be all up on each other. People can still spread out and actually find some sections on their own, which is kind of the goal. Cause who raise your hand if you, uh, you know, hate being alone in a tournament. Okay. Like no one like hates that. We love that. Right. Mm -hmm. So we want to make a format where we can have a ton of people and they could all come together and duke it out with their style and it essentially means more people can attend would like to attend potentially because they can fish their style and then that's a bigger party and just mm-hmm. more fun for everybody so yeah i mean that's what that's basically at rivers creeks the lakes the only one that doesn't have a lake is the susquehanna because there's really no lake or even around close there's no lakes that are big and why do you need a lake when you got you the like yeah, yeah. susky yeah exactly yeah. you you yeah. don't so that's that's kind of it and we'll see uh in our goal in our and what I know is already going to happen is just like UFC, it, sometimes it's one with a striker and sometimes it's one with a ground and pound and, a, you know, jujitsu. Yeah. 
it, it's it's actually cool because our top 10, I mean, I've gone back and seen the history of kayak fishing and how it's won. It's mm-hmm. littered with winners doing all different things. And obviously as live scope becomes better and better and better, more people are going to be getting it. It's going to become more affordable. It's going to be a, a hot tool. So that to me is only if you took the other stuff away that we like to do mm-hmm. yeah, in kayak tournaments, you're pretty much like accessing wherever you want and fishing up the rivers and creeks. Then you're pretty much going to need to just fish like a bass boat in your kayak. You know what I mean? That's just the yeah. reality that right now live scope is winning on Toledo Bend. It's going to win yeah. most tournaments on the elite series and every it's guy, I, all of them, let's be honest. Yeah, I watched Yeah. I watched the way in. I, and there were some people that a few people that had a little bit of success, but most of them were like, man, I, you know, even Chris Zaldane was like, dude, I, I tried to go shallow, but I, yeah, I couldn't make it work and throw big baits. And I just, the young yeah. guys are coming out. They're just live scope and they're, they're amazing at that. And who someone was saying on the, uh, the way in stage today that I think it might've been, I don't know who it was Canterbury or somebody was just like, dude, it's hard. Or no, it was Hank chair. He's like, hey, I don't know how they do it all day long, staring at the screen, just searching for those blobs to show up and they, so yeah. they can throw at it. And Hank Cherry was like, and my jigs just sitting on the deck. I was just holding it, not casting. You're looking up at me like, are we going to go fishing or what? Yeah, so it, yeah. it lets, it lets that, you know, both styles kind of come in together. And I think the leaderboard will be littered with a guy wins with, you know, live scope mm-hmm. second place is up a Creek third place is in a oxbow, a backwater at the head of the lake. Fourth mm-hmm. place was skipping docks. Fifth place, mm-hmm. because we've set this format and structure up where everyone's got an equal chance. It's really just more about who kind of executes and kind of figures it out best with their style. So, yeah. and like I can't a- wait to see that. Like I can't wait. Cause that's been, always kind of been my, my question, right? That's, that's my biggest question is, is there certain styles that negate other styles? Is there like a, is there a rock to the scissors? You know what I mean? Is there a paper to the rock? Is there something that ultimately is going to beat something else every single time? And I think this tournament series is going to show that. And and it's kind of funny because I think there's going to be times when some dude uses live scope offshore like a Bailey and beats the eyeballs in of a dude who decided to fish a Creek. And then I think vice versa will happen too. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's going to be really interesting, but just letting people stylistically do whatever they want to do is going to be really cool as well. And I think that, you know, for me, so here's my experience with like national level tournaments, right? I've, I've fished a Hobie and I fished a Bassmaster and fished a couple of each and, and I enjoy them. <clears throat> you know, Steve-O puts on a great, you know, a great little uh, tournament and so does AJ. I mean, they put on great tournaments. It's, it's yeah. a good organization. But the thing that I think frustrates me the most about those is like, you know, you got to Cayuga and it's like I have a certain set of ramps I got to put in at. And it's like everybody's jumbled on top of each other. You're going to run into 12 other people during the day. And it's just like, I, I feel like to me, the essence of the plastic boat gets, you know, it just it disappears in that. You know, it's like if I'm yeah. going to do that, well, then hell, let's all put in on one end of the lake. And why don't we just go ahead and put two fifties on the back of fiberglasses and put five in the live well? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of negates that the, the yeah. main differentiator in the kayak and the boat is literally the weight. And the, you know, which gives you the ability to access wherever you want and put in and float in shallower water. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, those are a little bit negated, but, it, and that's, you know, that's fine. I, I, like you said, those guys are freaking pros at what they do. They're amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love, them I love, I love fishing those tournaments. You know, we love it. We love that too, but yeah. it's cool that there is 
sand volleyball and hardcore volleyball, that there's dirt yeah. track racing and pavement racing. We are just bringing something different and all of it, you know, it all helps the sport, you know, volleyball to have both those styles. You know, if you didn't have one, that would suck. You know, you yeah. if sand volleyball wasn't there and you wouldn't have the girls in bikinis and that would suck, man. But my favorite, yeah. <laughs> anyway. there you go. So, I mean, if you didn't have this, the sport would suck. And, and to me, a little bit of my, you know, sports management background here. It, it's like, if you think about golf or any sport that started at the very beginning when they were just whacking that ball around in the field, they were like, Hey, this is a fun activity. Let's get this rock, you know, this ball in this hole. Well, then when they came up and they said, let's make it a sport, a competitive way, the original rules and everything about that, when they wrote it up should all be centered around one central focus. Mm-hmm. How do we make sure we make this a sport, but never lose what just made it fun and the way it's done, the essence of the sport. So you got it. So this is just structuring the rules where the essence of the kayak fishing, you know, being able to access wherever and go wherever, you know, especially, you know, all the connected free flowing water that the fish and the shad and the brim, they all use and, you know, you know, they go up and down and in and out, right. Just letting you guys adventure and figure it out, like keeping that essence of the sport in there where on a regular Saturday, a lot of people just access at the, at the park over there or at the wildlife management area or at the canoe and kayak ramp or wherever. So we want to be able to just keep that essence of the sport there. But yet this is what's crazy. Even, and even though I don't fish this way, the essence of kayak, the kayak isn't even just that it can go shallow. It's that it can still go offshore and still run electronics and still run motors and power. It is, it is the most, that. it's the, it's the platform. It, like with, what's crazy about a kayak, what I think is cool about mm-hmm. it, even a bass boat is a bass boat has a limitations to like, I mean, it doesn't, but it does. Like, it has limitations to what all we can put on it, where the kayak is, like, the ultimate, you know, customizable tool. Like, they make a bass boat a certain way, right? Like, bass boats are bass boats. You got your cockpit. You got your area for your electronics. You got your trolling motor and your motor and your and your poles. And, you know, deck layouts are different and all that kind of stuff. But, like, a kayak, dude, is endlessly customizable. You can put little knickknacks and things all over it. I mean, we were saw that this weekend. We were talking about that, like, how we go from a stripped-down you know, Crescent all the way to like my rigged out Hobie and like the complete difference in between those two things. But I think this leads into a really good question. Calvin Johnson has, it says, is there different categories for paddler guys against the plastic bass boat guys? So I guess what he's asking is, is there going to be a breakdown of categories between like dudes who just want to paddle and dudes who want to have the complete rigged out, rigged out boat, but no, there's not. That's nope. kind of the whole point of this yeah. series is that we're going to have a, we're going to have a cent- we're going to have a central point, which is our check-in. And that's going to be the theater in which we have uh, the check-in yeah. and the awards and all those kinds of things. An hour drive circle, 365 degrees from that check-in point, all water within that one-hour drive that's publicly accessible with some limitations and boundaries, which will yeah, be... Yeah, the core, they're marked, the core bodies yeah. of water. So it's core not like every every teeny yeah. little pond that's public, but it, the, the ones that are, the, that are marked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, within yeah. an hour, anything that's major and sizable we've included. Yep. Yeah. So it's all, it'll all be included, but what that allows the person to do is it lets the paddler, if they feel so to go up a Creek or a river or whatever, that's accessible and, and, and legal to fish within the terms of the tournament. It allows that person to go fish that body of water where it allows also we'll have mm-hmm. lakes and bounds despite the susky because why you need yeah. to go outside the susky i don't know but we'll have lakes yeah. and let the let the big boat guys big boat quote unquote yep. you know, like your plastic barges like my hobie let those guys do what they do as well and so it's like yeah. i think that so to answer your question calvin no there's not different categories it is all we're all fishing under the same banner and it's all yeah. 
categorically. But what we're allowing you to do is we're allowing the people, again, kind of referencing back to the UFC thing, where it's like you got the dude who wants to do jujitsu can go do jujitsu. But if the guy who wrestles beats the guy who does jujitsu because that's the style that they chose to go with, and it is just what it is. But we're letting everybody bring their stylistic, right. you know, ways into this to this tournament and letting them yeah. duke it out and see what happens. Yep. And it's not an advantage or disadvantage because here's why you see this AOI from Hobie and you see this AOI from Bassmaster yeah. and fourth and Bassmaster last year in AOI and all this stuff right here. Guess what? Never once used electronics and never once used a motor. Yeah. Never in any event. So you don't need to separate this out. There's not like some massive advantage as long as the whole caveat is as long as you allow people to access wherever the kayak, you know, can access, you know, like publicly, right. Mm-hmm. Which we do public water and uh, let people go. And that shows shallow waters. Now you can have everyone together at one big, you know, uh, party, but what's, what's interesting and uh, about the, the Creek thing. And, and what I want to see, like you were talking about what, what style becomes like right now, live scope is dominating the elites. Right. But here's what's going to happen. And some people were saying it today already that man, like there was no one on the bank. It was amazing. Nobody was on the bank, just a few guys. And they were like, this is awesome. Cause they're all going to push one direction. They're mm. all going to start finding the same stuff out there, cannibalizing. And that's, what's going to happen in the creeks. If creeks for some crazy reason, a few events started getting dominated up some river or Creek, then more people are going to start choosing that option. And when that happens, you can't show up to some bridge at a Creek. And all of a sudden at five thirty six in the morning, when you're getting there to unload, you notice six or seven other headlights and trucks pulling up to unload. And all of a sudden it's like, uh, there's only one alpha fish every mile in this Creek. And obviously yeah. we're not all going to win. Now we all just yeah. are going to cannibalize. So then the anglers always figure it out, dude, then yeah. they're going to move back to, okay, we got to go back to the lake and back to offshore. Fig- yeah. it, no one style can ever dominate for very long without everybody catching on and then making it almost not as good anymore where you got to go another direction. So yeah, absolutely. It, I love it. I love how anglers so, kind of work, work it out. Let's go over this, and then I've got a few questions to answer here over in the comments. So where are we yeah. going to be fishing, and when are they going to be happening? Because I think that that's important. So everybody kind of gets yeah. an idea. Where, where and when are we going to be where we're at? I mean, I could just share let's my screen share if you screen. want. I'll yeah, just share my screen, screen and pull up the uh, – the Kayak Adventure Series uh, website. Um, yeah. While you're doing that, I'm going to, this is a little off topic, but I'm going to answer this question just because it's here. Uh, Rugaroo, hey, dude, I love that username. And Yoda's his um, his profile picture. So that's pretty good. He says, Alex, a little off topic, but what would be a good kayak if they've never used a kayak before? Um, well, you got two options you got a pedal drive and you got a paddle kayak, right? Um, personally, if you've never been in a paddle kayak before, a kayak at all, um, I would definitely look into some sort of catamaran style kayak just because they're going to be a little bit more stable. Um, you know, and I, I hate to plug like any given brand, right? I work with Hobie mm-hmm. and Hobie's the yeah. kayak that I use. I love my Crescent Sholey, but I both, I think we can both be honest here, Drew, like Crescent Sholey yeah. is definitely a paddler's kayak and someone who has experience paddling a kayak. So it's probably not the best for a beginner. Um, but like I know Bonafide and their RVR for a paddler's kayak. That's a great platform, mm-hmm. super stable. Um, Old Town makes the 110 for a, a pedal kayak. It's a really stable platform. It's really, really cool as well. So both of those are good kayaks. I mean, then obviously you can get into like the big expensive stuff, Hobies and stuff like that. They're great kayaks. You yeah. For a beginner kayak, the price point, probably not like beginner level, um, but it's a fantastic platform. Just like a Crescent Shoal is a fantastic platform. It's just, I think you need to get a little bit more experience paddling before you put yourself into that boat because you guys really are like... Mm-hmm. 
you guys are paddlers. I mean, like it's a, it is a, yeah. like Jeff Little. I was on the phone with Jeff Little last night. Like I was telling him, I was like, right. dude, you're like a whole different level of paddler than I'll ever will be. Like white water and things, understanding that that I don't. And so those boats are kind of built that way. But anyway, all right. So here's yeah. a. We got the website pulled up here. If you guys want to check any of this out, I'll make sure and link it down in the show notes as well. But it's Kayak Adventure Series. Um, you guys yep. can get all the dates, times, all that kind of stuff. But me and Drew have got it pulled up here, so we will go over where we're going to be at, what we're going to be doing. So here you go. All right, we click. You can go click on events, um, and then you can see if I click on that right there, you'll see all of them at one shot here. And the first one is Jolie Palooza. That's going to be in Thomason, Georgia. That's all about catching that shoal bass. Uh, if you've never heard of it, it's one of the rare black bass species. Um, it's only found in Georgia, and uh, it's definitely on most people's bucket list because it does get big. Uh, you know, I've caught a couple over seven pounds, so that just tells you. And one of them was 24 and a quarter inches, so they get like big and long, not Thank just you. like heavy. Um, and Whitehall, Michigan is a wild Whitehall on June 7th and 8th, and and uh, May 3rd and 4th. That uh, this is this turns into an audio podcast too, right, Alex? Yeah, yeah. No, you got to make sure audio, I so. audibly say all the dates. So, okay, May 3rd and 4th. Yeah, May 3rd and 4th uh, was the Shirley Palooza. June 7th and 8th is Wild Whitehall. And uh, obviously, they all have these festival kind of names. Um, July 12th and 13th is Ozarkana and Poplar Bluff, Missouri. August 9th and 10th is the Fiesta on the Susky in Tawanda, PA. And September 6th and 7th, the Wisconsin River Fest in Sauk Prairie, Wisconsin. And October 4th and 5th is the Broodstock, the, orig- the first Broodstock. Broodstock 1, Bowling Green, Kentucky. And that's an open finale event. It's uh, It's only a championship in the sense of the angler of the year and the team of the year are crowned, which is uh, going to be pretty cool there. So, and, and there's a bigger pot there, like bigger uh, payouts because we're holding back some money for that event and extra prizes. And of course that's where um, at every event, which is something we should mention too, we're raising money for uh, pediatric cancer through the punt foundation. So at every event we will be raffling off a kayak for pediatric cancer. And that's why every one of the events has a particular manufacturer tied with it like cool. crescent kayaks is the the yeah. one for Shirley palooza as you can see here and um so it's gonna be sweet you can check out the website it gives you a little preview everything's here guys on the site you don't need to ask any questions honestly yeah, if you really. actually scroll through this this uh every bit of information is right here where you need to be when who's sponsoring what you know um where to, how to register you know all the awards and opening ceremonies where it's going to be the you know closing ceremonies the festival, it's all kind of here. Your, your lodging stuff is all laid out for you right here. We just added this river bend primitive camp that someone was like, Hey, I'll put people up. And I got, I don't know how many like, hundred something acres of land on the river. They could access the river 25 bucks a day, 120 bucks a week. So they're on there. So it's all laid out and um, it's pretty, pretty cool. And that's a shoal bass guys. If you've never seen one, they got, they look like a small mouth, but they have a bigger mouth. Yeah, they're badass. I've never caught one and I want to go catch one. But so, and now to answer another question that I saw earlier about like people who are going to be there, because I know a lot of you guys, which is is weird to me still, but I love that you guys want to meet me and meet guys like John and guys like Josh. Mm -hmm. I really do appreciate it, guys. I really do. It's it's a cool experience to come and meet you guys as well. But uh, yeah, so we are going to be at events like that. I know for myself, I'll have to ask John to be sure. I know, Drew, you've talked to John a little bit about Mm -hmm. it, but I'm not really. John is kind of like the wind. It's hard to really kind of oh, yeah. tie him down. He's he is he is a single man living a bachelor's life, and he just yeah. he does whatever John wants to do. Like he's just gone and he, he does it. But uh, 
No, but I will definitely, absolutely for certain, be at Sholey Palooza as, as well as uh, Whitehall, Michigan. I will be at both of those events and uh, the sun as well. And so I'll be at those three events absolutely for certain, and I cannot wait to be at all three of those. And so, yeah, you guys will have chances to come out and hang out with me. Um, you know, we'll chill, do whatever, talk about kayaks, talk about fishing. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, listen, guys, I'm just a dude who likes fishing, and so just come chill with me. We'll, like – probably find something to eat and like talk about fishing all day. But those are the three I'll be at. And I'm going to be helping Drew while I'm there uh, do like a little bit of MC and stuff, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, just kind of helping, you know, with the production of the show and just uh, hanging out, but also going to be fishing. And that's yeah. kind of what I told Drew would probably be the best thing for me to do is show up and do what I do best, which is, is get in and <clears throat> get in on the competition, do a little bit of fishing. And I think it's going to, going to be a ton of fun, but the Sholey Palooza is the, probably the one I'm looking forward to. Well, I'm looking forward to all of them, but, Whitehall, Michigan, I'm looking forward to it for the simple fact that it's Michigan in June. And, dude, Michigan in June is straight silly. Everybody will show up. All right. Um, John just texted me. He must be watching. He said he is definitely showing up to Sholey Palooza. So, <laughs> me and John will both be at Sholey Palooza. So, if you want to come chill with us, we will be there. We're going to be having some fun. All right. Um, Michigan uh, in June is silly, stupid fun. And, guys, like, if you're going to drive to one, either either the Susky or – michigan in june and like michigan in june just show up with a jig and a frog it's all you're gonna need because it's just straight stupid um but those are the two that i'm looking forward to the most because i've never caught shoal bass dude like i gotta get on some shoal bass like we gotta go do that you like got to. gotta catch one got to like when are you ever going to catch a shoal bass if it's not now with the inaugural uh, like first event for this sponsored by GoPro this whole huge thing the theater all of us there and and that city has told me they're gonna have like thirty five hundred to seventy five hundred people there just from the city because they're blocking off the city streets and marketing it as their you know big spring festival this year and they're you know calling it it's all Sholey Palooza the whole thing and our in our awards at the theater is the main event so yeah. if you're not gonna come to some party with thousands of people. It down there where you can catch a shoal bass, you're never going. You're never just going to pick up on some random weekend and do it with your buddies. It, it just, yeah. oh, let me drive 12 hours to go do that or 15 or 20. Yeah. You're never going to do it in your whole life. It will never happen if it's not now. So that's yeah. why I think that one's going to be pretty cool. And yeah. that's exciting to see John there. I think John is also, we've talked about it, going to lead our uh, Fishing Faith Fellowship that happens like in the theater 30 minutes before we nice. start. So that's pretty cool of him, man. What, what a good guy. And I bet you, and I'm going to have John on. We do a kayak adventure series live stream every Wednesday at 11 a.m. I need to have John on to talk micro bag because he yeah. would be an expert at that oh, smallest five with the face, the creek fishing. I mean, he's a he's a pro. Okay, well, first of all, John, I'm scared <laughs> to death of John in a tournament. Okay, let me tell you what I'm scared to death because John is like a damn hand grenade. All right, he's just no, he's not the hand grenade. You remember that scene from Anchorman when mm -hmm. Brick gets the hand grenade and he's just running around just like ah that's yeah. john in the tournament because in his hand grenade all his hand grenade is is that stupid bubblegum swirl yumdinger and oh yeah. boy will show up and beat your eyeballs shut with just yeah. that bait and it like like and it's any given tournament like you think and you think okay Man, I've really got these fish figured out. I've got them pinned down. I know what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go catch fish. 
you get there in the morning and it's like, man, first one's a 20 incher. You catch it like a 17 and an 18. Then you're looking around at your limit. And then here comes John out of nowhere, bubble gum, swirl, yum dinger, and a damn buzz bait on a spinning rod. And you better hold on because he's going to beat your eyeballs in. I've seen it happen. Way times. So all that being said, yeah, yeah John, John, John not only could win the event, but he could also win micro bag because oh boy is a creek fishing machine. Dude, I've never seen anybody get as jacked up as he does about little bitty fish and catching little bitty bass. I mean, he loves it all. He's like me. I do love I love catching them all. I think we me and Drew though, we like catching the big ones as well. But Drew, or I mean, but John, he gets jacked up about the little ones. But the micro bag is gonna be fun because it's Because that's the thing, dude. Like, if you're having a sucky, there's nothing worse than having a sucky tournament and being like, dang, I don't got nothing. Like, I, I have nothing now. So I've spent this money, I've spent this gas, and now I've got nothing to look forward to. I have no reason to go to check-in. I have no reason to go, you know, chill with the dudes. I just want to go home. But if you're in the micro bag, it gives you something to kind of like, hey, if you're sucking it up in the tournament, because it's going to happen, I don't care who you are, yeah. you're going to have my tournament days, the micro bag allows you to go, okay, let me see if I can catch five really, really small ones. And yeah, then you're not out of it. Yeah, yep. you're going to get something. You know what I mean? And exactly. So. That, that's actually cool. Um, You know, John, one time there's a story. You were supposed to go on that trip. You didn't make it. We were in uh, on the James River. Yeah. And right behind me, it's the funniest thing on my GoPro clip. I think you posted this that video footage. I'm sitting there. We're, we're meeting a creek's coming into a main river. And I'm like, dude, this. And I literally say on my GoPro as I'm fishing, this looks like super muskiest right here. Yeah. And then not even like you don't even have to like trim the clip, like cut it to like. Yeah because minutes went by. No, it was like enough time to leave that clip playing. And behind me, John goes, Oh my God. Oh my God. I got a muskie. And he was fishing a little Helgermite, this young yeah. Helgermite thing. And he got a big muskie. I was like, wow, that was wild. So he will, he will catch big fish, small fish. Usually it's all the, a lot of the same bait. It's, it's wild, man. The dude is a good, good guy and a good angler. So I'm oh. excited that he'll be there and we'll, uh, you guys can meet him. He's selling his, his hats and shirts now. So he'll have them. He'll be bringing them. You guys can buy that stuff. And that's that's the point. Just get everyone together and have fun. Yeah. But I, you know what we should talk about at some point, yeah. as he just made as he just made a post, is a little bit on the the format and some of the other unique things like using two rods at once, a lot, being allowed to troll in yeah. a tournament, like things like that, and and uh, how we start on. We have a half day of fishing on Friday. That's that's yeah. part of the thing, and so we yeah. can kind of whatever you want to talk about that. That's the other oh, main absolutely. difference. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I got to say, John just popped up in the comments and said the micro bag and the team event are really exciting. So, John, me and you teaming up, Sholy Palooza, we're going to both enter the team event. Good luck, everybody else, because John is catching the micro bag and I'm coming for your throat. So between me and John, (laughs) something's going to happen. But no, yeah, absolutely. So I did see a comment a little while back that will lead us right into this. Um, are we going to allow portaging in these tournaments? Like what's the rules around portaging? And then let's go rules around yeah. portaging. Let's go two rod rule. And then let's go um, trolling rule. Trolling. And let's all, just right. go all three th- through those three. So yeah, accessing wherever you want, as long as it's public and then all, and you can read all this on the rules. We even have YouTube videos about specific topics on the rules to clarify even further. Portaging is legal. That's the reason why you got a kayak, guys. That's the reason, like literally the reason. So, I mean, like, why would so go portage if you want to? I mean, and that's that's this is about it's called the kayak adventure series. We want you to adventure and explore, and that's you know, that's the point. That, that's the last frontier of fishing that we've never really tapped into is all these creeks and rivers and places that are hard to access because there's trees down or 
You know, maybe there's a rapid that's that's over and, your skill level, and you can just portage around it and be safe. And let's and let's and I want to put this out there: you are responsible for knowing the rules as well as knowing the boundaries as well, oh, yeah. and knowing what's public and not pub not public. Because the thing about some of these creeks is, you could enter on public and paddle right into somebody's property, and as long as your foot ain't touching the ground of the property, like the actual dirt, you're safe. As long as you're in the water, so just. You are responsible yeah. for that. So, yes, you can portage, but I'm just putting it out into the ether right now that it has been said that make sure you're on public property when you're doing all of these things. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you can portage. And, um, you know, there's some weird things in these kayak fishing tournaments that still have to get figured out. Like, for example, if you if you put your kayak back on the trailer and you drive on the road and you go over the speed limit, aren't you technically breaking the law then? You know, it's like yeah. little things like that, that like, yeah, I mean, if you didn't get a ticket, then so the rules say you got to, you know, but you know, if you got to get around something and, and whatever, then you got to portage over it to be safe or get around, you can do it. And, and if you're, you know, some state laws are a little bit archaic and they have like, Oh, if you're actually touching the river bottom, blah, blah, blah. But then, but no landowner, like anyone floating down there, it, like if you got to just get past the log, you're trying to get downstream to get yeah. away. You know, that's like, you know, it, it, that's different than going through his land to access it. See what I'm saying? That's We're what not going to yeah. That's what you're saying. We're not going to, yeah. you can't just all of a sudden go and portage into his farm pond and catch the fish. It's got to be the water that's, that's not yeah. privately owned like that. So yeah. Exactly. The, um, but yeah, so portaging is cool. And then the uh, other one was, um, the next one was two rods at once. And why in the world would we allow two rods at once? Like who, who throws two rods at one time? Well, all, all that's actually for is the same way major league fishing lets you, uh, you know, call a second rod, uh, you know, once a period or whatever the rule is over there. But basically that's, if you have a, a big small mouth or shoal bass or Alabama or spotted bass, whatever following the one you're catching, or well, and maybe you want to catch them both, or maybe you're, you have a small one hooked up and a big one's following it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can sit there and keep fish, keep that fish, going grab another rod that's got a jig on it or whatever pitch it out there and shake it and catch the other one uh -huh. and i've done it many times i mean a and a lot of you guys have as well or at least have tried uh -huh. why would we want to if it's legal in minnesota and some states it's not legal so anytime we're at a state we're using two rods at once is not legal then that will not be legal but most states it's legal to have two rods out at once so as long as it's legal why in the world would we not want to allow that because it helps you catch more fish Basically, every rule we make goes back to one thing, Alex. Mm -hmm. It's like, how does this rule or what we're about to implement help the anglers catch more fish or bigger fish or have more fun? And mm -hmm. if it doesn't do any of those three things, then we're like, then why in the world? Because we're creating this thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm creating it basically. So, you know, you guys are all assisting and giving input too. like, but why in the world would we not let any anything that's going to help the anglers catch more fish, bigger fish and have more fun in mm -hmm. the tournament? As long as it doesn't give ruin our whole our whole philosophy of if it gives one style or one particular thing it, it, the massive advantage in every tournament's one with you know that style well then it's it's boring you know it's not entertaining anymore it's not like i wonder how this is going to get one you know there's no mystery anymore it's all you know so as long as it doesn't do that it'll always it'll always make it a rule and for us yeah portaging is like oh why would we not using two rods why would we not let you do it? The other thing is technically when you get hung up, have you ever done this? You get hung up and your bait's in the water or it's dangling from a tree or whatever. And you throw another rod out. Well, technically in these other tournaments, you're, you're fishing two rods, two rods are out at once and you'd be breaking a rule because technically a fish could eat that off the log, you know, underwater log, a fish could come and bite that crankbait off there. 
So you're actually have two rods out at once. So really you, you'd be breaking a rule in another tournament if you have uh-huh. two out. So it frees us up from worrying about that. Uh-huh. And then the last reason for two rods is um, just like if you, if we're trolling, if you wanted to troll, you, you know, most times it makes sense to have two flared out to either side and troll. And why wouldn't we allow trolling? It only highlights, you know, can you see an angler on stage coming up and saying they caught a fish trolling? And I would, I'd be like, awesome, dude, what did you, what, what kayak were you? And they would be like, oh, I was in this, um, you know, bonafide PD what, or old town or something, you know, whatever the, the pedal drive boats, right. They would talk about the drive or uh, their Hobie drive or whatever that helped get me in position. And I was moving a mile from point A to point B to another spot. And I figured I'd just troll. It's legal. Why, why would not, why would I not troll? You know, it's legal on any given Saturday. You want to go fishing outside a tournament and it could potentially help you catch some more fish. So if it's uh your your motor got you there, what what motors you use? Well, this motor guy with the X2 batteries and perfect. We it just highlights and gets to promote your equipment, your gear, your kayak, all that stuff, your paddle, and uh, helps you catch more fish. So why would we not allow trolling? You know, so yeah. it's well, like it's gonna dominate. What's funny is it's it's in it's a we can do it in the Bass Nation in Tennessee as well as our Ten Cat yeah. and most of the. It's kind of funny. Like it was one of those rules that I was just reading the rules just to like you know, freshen up just to make sure I knew the rules. I do that every now and again, like every tournament season, I'll just pull mm-hmm. a rule back out just to look at it. I was like, huh, well, hell we can troll a damn lure. And so hell, now every single time that I go from point A to point B and I'm either motoring or I'm pedaling, I throw a lure out just because, I mean, you never know. I mean, hell, it might be a 15 inch walleye or it could be a 20 inch smallmouth. You just never know, but yeah. it's willing to have something. I mean, it's just good to have something out there just to see, you know what I mean? It is, anyway, man. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't doesn't hurt man that's for sure um and then and i'm excited to you know to see someone on stage literally come and say i would not have won this tournament or, or place so i didn't have that one fish that i caught trolling and that's that's exciting to me you know it's not gonna like it's gonna dominate you know like um you know they thought the a-rig was gonna just all of a sudden every tournament's gonna turn into a rig tournament and then you know so it, why not allow it right so and someone did make a comment they said big guy in a little boat says he's fishing with robert Weicker. Right now, he's their pre-fishing was uh, today last day of pre-fishing for Bassmaster on uh, Lake Murray. I'm bummed I couldn't be there at that one. I couldn't fit it in my schedule. But he says, "Does Drew have any advice to keep him calm down?" <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, you know, it's I, I'm surprised that's the question because usually they're all trying to figure out how to calm me down at all the houses because <laughs> I'm like a nervous wreck before every tournament. Uh, literally nervous wreck. It's funny you'd see like all the you know the trophies and stuff and not think that. But I'm a nervous wreck because I'm a skinny water shallow water fisherman and when i pre-fish this little juice here little tip i've just done it so long i'm experienced enough to know what to look for when to like get like one bite or and and leave so i don't catch i don't like really catch a lot of fish practice because i need all every single fish i can in the tournament because i'm usually fishing some pretty small water i need fish to last two days so I, i try to make sure i don't beat them up you know and so that scares me because then i'm like what's really there and i I don't find out until tournament day so on friday i'm a wreck just an absolute wreck because i don't actually know and 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 two with small creeks and small bodies of water it takes one good rainstorm and your Mm -hmm. entire plan is out the door (laughs) yeah three other people to show up at that spot and you're like dang it man but i always give myself multiple in like outs, like I can load back up and go somewhere else i give myself lots of places that are like that that i've got good feelings about had which actually perfect level adventure fishing did ask what about fishing three creeks all in one day and you can load back out and fish as many places as you want and load you know you know load out and and launch relaunch again as many times as you want um in the tournament and the other thing to mention while 
before I forget is this tournament is a five fish limit. Yes. So it starts, it actually is opening ceremonies on Thursday, check-in registration, food, trucks, games, yard games, just fun brewery, a park, wherever we're going to be at each location. It's just fun for us to hang out and have fun. Right. Mm-hmm. And get you checked in and registered. If you're still a late reg- registrant, right. Uh, but the first 100 people that register for these events do get a hundred dollars worth of sponsors product and a gift bag. So be one of the first 100 for sure. And you can always move those entry fees to another event. No, no charge. We can move it to another event. So enter now for Shirley Palooza. If a week before you, you realize you can't make it, just let me know. Tournament director, Amanda Brannon at real tournament management, who I outsource that tournament director side to will move you to another event or give you a refund. You might lose like 10 bucks. That's it. So register early to get that gift bag. But Thursday opening ceremonies, boom, food, fun, be out as late as you want, because it doesn't matter. The tournament's not Friday morning. You can sleep in and we have something that's um, happened on Friday morning. That's optional called, and this is cool, Alex. It's a uh, first time I'm really kind of announcing this mm-hmm. Bat, you know, Bass university. Mm-hmm. We're calling this Bass U Brunch. They are the headline sponsor for our seminar series where you guys get to come learn from some pros, some experts in different areas. Uh, at the first one, we'll have a, a fisheries biologist, a couple of them talking about the shoal bass, teaching you guys about this fish. And they're anglers too. So they will, coming to that one, will help you learn how to catch them. And then I, I'm doing a seminar with Jeff Little. And, you know, you guys might be doing a YouTuber uh, panel and we'll, we'll see if that. If you guys want to do that one there, but anyway, there's three seminars. It's like 40 bucks for your breakfast. You can recover from the night before. If you're out too late, stumbling (laughs) around and having too much fun, which is the whole point. We don't, we didn't want you guys to be fishing early on Friday because then no one could hang out. No one would want to hang out late and and just fellowship and have fun. But now you can, it doesn't matter how late you're out. You know, you don't have to be on the water until, you know, three o'clock. And so three o'clock, it starts. So you have a three to seven window, four hours, and what's cool about that, it gives us a weekday, not as much boat traffic. It's it's an afternoon bite. How many tournaments do you get an afternoon bite? You know, it's pretty cool to have that format. And then um well, and two for just, that, just to throw in a little input there, it's almost like a practice day mm-hmm. to then go out on Saturday and figure it out the rest of the way. But everything that you catch on your quote unquote practice day counts towards the tournament yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. that's a, like i love those kind of half day like half in the afternoon tournaments because it's just like i feel like it's if i don't get to practice as much or i'm not on something it's like well hell now i can really go lean on them if i do find something because everything's going to help me you know towards my main goal which is winning the you know best five fish over or best 10 fish over two days mm-hmm. and it's just like it's just an interesting you know, I, I don't know. I like that format a little it's bit. Cool. You know? It is cool. And speaking of Robert Weicker, you know, down in Florida, when we were, uh, he was pre-fishing for the KBF tournament. We stayed at the same house. He was fishing with Dustin Hoy and they were fishing a new lake. Never fished it. Just a new one to explore on Friday. Their last day of practice catches a 10 pounder. So if, if that was you in the kayak adventure series oh. and you're just going to a new lake to explore on Friday and realizing that it's just five fish over the two days and maybe your practice hasn't gone as you'd expected, or you didn't have a lot of practice time or any practice time. Mm-hmm. Well, Friday could kind of be that sort of like, let's just see and what's, if, going, and on? Yeah. what's going on. And the cool thing is because it's just five fish. So on Saturday you got your normal six 30 to like three o'clock fishing. But on Saturday, um, uh, again, you could catch five fish and win the whole thing, even if you didn't fish on Friday. Or a lot of people, or someone's going to win a tournament that all their fish from Friday got cold out of their stringer. That's yeah. going to happen, and that's and that just shows like 
So if you can't make Friday or if you want to use Friday as another practice day, you can. But what's cool about just doing five fish over the course of that day and a half is those more like, you know, the anglers that we all know their names of, you know, the more pro like your, you know, your Russes and Cody Milton's and Guillermo and Christine and Jody Queen, all the names that, you know, the miners, whoever you want to throw out there, right? All the, the names they don't have a, they have a, obviously they're good anglers, but you guys, as anyone who's an intermediate or beginner or is nervous about competing against them, I'd be very nervous if I was in a two day tournament that was 10 fish or a three day tournament against them, because that's just giving them, you know, more fish to get it. But they might catch 20, 30 or 40. You might only catch 15, but if you get the right five, you know what I mean? So the lower number of fish, essentially, if it was a one fish tournament, anybody could win. You could be Kevin Van Dam in a one fish tournament so much more likely than you could a four day Bassmaster elite series or major league fishing event. That's just the reality. So it's kind of a cool little thing in there, how we've got it a day and a half and just five yeah. fish. So, I love, I love, I love that it's five fish and not three fish and not 10 fish. Three fish is the damn nearest, most impossible thing to win. I hate a three fish tournament. All our 10 cats are three fish and they're hard to win because if some dude catches a 20 inch and then a couple 18s, it's over. Like there's just yeah. no, there's no beating those dudes. Like there's been days that my five would have beat everybody's three, but here we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then 10 fish, it, it can be tough. I mean, that's tough to be the thing about it's, I think that's kind of, um, another skill level above is managing fish. You know, you know that, and mm -hmm. I know that like two day tournaments, managing fish over two days can be really, really tough. Yeah. Um, and so this is, again, it's kind of, it is that national level feel, with the ability to win national level money, but all of these other abilities to hone the skill, get better, put in at different entry fees, do a team event, have all of these different things, have all the stylistic things, all the same. I mean, dude, it's really to me, and this is what got me so excited about it is it is not only it's a perfect entry level tournament, but it's also a perfect high level national tournament. It's a perfect opportunity for you to bring your family to a fishing event. Cause we just, can't see that like i you know like bethany it's not fun for her to come to a hobie event with me or a bass event with right. me again not saying anything about i love steve right. steve puts on a great tournament aj puts on a great tournament i'm gonna go fish some of those tournaments this year i'm not yep. saying anything about that but just like the way that's formatted there's nothing for fun for bethany to do you know like i was talking right. to her, but hey you want to come up to cayuga you know for the hobie with me and she's like well what am i gonna do you know sit in the hotel right. room the whole time whereas these events kind of give the family, the wives, the kids, all an ability to come, have something fun to do. There's events yep. to go to. There's stuff to do. And it just makes it just a more kind of all-encompassing, more or inclusive instead of exclusive event and makes it, you know, about the party and the fun. And I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I love that. Um and it, you're right. It, it, the sport is growing to the point where and there's nothing like, so think about PGA tour golfers or any pro athletes they're, they're It's their full-time job. And we have people that are starting to do this full-time at the highest level. So they don't, they, you know, they, they're like at these events and there needs to be this high level elite level competition that, that is that level, you know, that was mm -hmm. two day, 10 fish, super high entry fee, the best, the top anglers that I'm still going to fish, like you're saying, and love it. I love that high level of competition. Mm -hmm. I absolutely, that's fun to me. For a lot, most people, it's probably not, but I love it. But the thing is, though, you can't be both. You can't just be, you know, like this high level. You don't see PJ Tour golfers out there till two in the morning partying. And then 
they got a tee time the next morning and they got to be up at 6 a.m. It's just, you can't be a good, the best golfer. And that's what those, I feel like those are the elite level, the elite series, the mm-hmm. highest of high, the guys in the elite series aren't, trust me right now, they got to get up at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning for Toledo mm-hmm. Bend. They are not partying right now. And mm-hmm. this the way it's structured in the format, it allows you to do that and not lose a chance at, you know, like, you know, cause you don't have to get on the water till three. So you can be up party, have a good time or whatever. So it's not meant to be some elite, elite level like that. And they're doing a good job at that. So we'll let them run that. We'll grow up from the bottom and keep sending people out yeah. and grow, you know, to those events, the Absolutely. ones who are like, you know, Hey, I got to well, I, I think, I think that that is at the basis of what this is. It's a great, like you said, we're going to be able to build something base level. It gets everybody in, and then we can send them out to those events. Because like you said, dude, there there is something about that level of competition. I like it too. I like going out there. I like you. You're the same way as me, dude. You go head hunting. You go for people's throats. I mean, it's like you want to fish at that level of competition. And what this what this does is it allows somebody to get the, a taste of that. A taste. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. They get a little taste. They get into the game. And there's even a, a little Sunday side pot tournament that's you know, batteries plus Sunday that if you just want to come rub elbows, learn from a lot of these top anglers, they're going to be there. Then you can do that. Join that little Sunday side pot tournament. X2 is giving away some cool uh, prizes on that. We just had a oh, call today hey. about it. Uh, so if you get, if you get the, we can't talk about it yet, yeah. but we can like talk about it, but just not talk about it. If you get the new X2 thing yet, not yet. Dude, I just got it today. It's badass. All right. All right, cool. I'm going to have to talk to you about that after we go. Yeah. (laughs) Bethany's more excited about it than I am. Um, (laughs) So we're going to go on a rabbit hole here because this is a hot topic for discussion, and I want to know your opinion on it. (laughs) Because me, Ben, and Bailey have all been in a text message thread. We got a little group chat, and uh, the name of the group chat probably can't be shared in public. But anyway, um, so we got a group chat. Live scope right now, literally, it's the funniest thing that I've ever seen in my whole entire life because Bassmaster's comment section on all of their posts are three things, and they're in this order. Yeah. Live scope sucks. More Ben Milliken. Ben Milliken's only good because he has live scope. Literally, that's the three comments on every single thing that's been posted. Now, here's my thing. I am a neutral observer, okay? Just a totally neutral observer. I have it on my boat. I do not have it on my kayak. I suck with it terribly, but I have caught fish with it. I see the fun and the benefits of it, but I also see the downfalls of it. So again, I'm a neutral observer still trying to articulate an opinion just yet. And I will give somewhat of an opinion. I'm probably sure in this discussion, but what's your thoughts on it, dude? Like it is crazy to see just the, the, the absolute uproar in all directions of this. What do you, what's your take on it? Cause you always take what's your take. I don't know if I say all this right and correctly, this, you might want to clip this thing, post it, shorten it down and post it somewhere. Cause it, it so I'm going to, all right, I'm going to try to be as careful as I can and say, say it like, so live scope is, um, it's an amazing tool. I love it, but let's use golf as the analogy right now in 20, I think 2026, maybe even 2028, they've already have announced they're going to roll the golf ball back. And put what that means is putting a restriction on manufacturers because the golf ball is going further and further and further, and especially with the club head technology, they're going to start making sure that you can't just drive it 375, 400 yards all the way to the dang green, which is what's happening, and the sport becomes what we talked about earlier, no longer what the dudes hacking that ball around really originally intended it for it to be. Now it's just 
everything's dominated by the long ball and a wedge and that's it long ball and a chip long ball. Well, that's not what the original intent was in the original game. So it becomes boring. It's, it's just boxing, not UFC, which mm-hmm. again, no offense. Boxing still cool. It's great. I love it. So in sports, when you, you need to be good on TV, every sport that's like super big has learned how to be good on TV. The NFL is the best football, mm-hmm. the best they've learned that UFC is really good. There's lots of other sports you guys know. Um, fishing's tough just because how much time it takes. Mm-hmm. So football is nice. It's just, you know, soccer's good. 90 minutes. Every know it's going to be exactly. Any stick and ball yeah. sport and as well as like good. combat sports are good because they have time limits. And, and like, yeah. even though you may sit down and watch UFC for six hours, you can pick and choose where, like the main card, you know, the prelims have a time set. The main card has a time set. And you know that the event is going to take place in like this set of hours where exactly. fishing does have that, but it's like, it's, it's four days of eight hour days. Like that's a lot. That's, it's that's a, a work. Lot. You know what it's I mean? Absolutely a lot. And we can't really f- change that. But the problem is, I guess the analogy with the golf ball is at some point you guys know it's coming. There'll be the next newest thing that continues to let you, uh, you know, it used to be about the mystery. You know what I mean? The fish notes, not, not as much of a mystery because we can see them now. Right. But mm-hmm. so now the next thing's going to be, okay, there's a certain density or certain shape or size and live scope's going to be able to, to, to highlight the fish in the timber or, or highlight one that's green. If it's a bass or, blue if it's a crappie it's going to be able to even like pinpoint stuff out as as who knows what advances are going to happen right it's going to keep advancing to the same way the golf ball kept advancing and the thing is is it's already there all that we're doing so let me back up a little bit in that statement so garmin specifically in live scope so you know every company's got their version hummingbirds is called mega live lawrence is Active Target and then Garmin is live scope. Well, Garmin is military contracts, guys. Like the in in like I think people think I'm playing when I say that. No, like military ships, like destroyers, have Garmin units on them. Except for you cannot like comprehend how these things work. And so, what Drew's talking about, yeah. the technologies already exist. All they're trying to do is figure out how to package it in a smaller device and market it to a a. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a civilian population that has money. And so that's the thing about technology, technology where we're at right now only exponentially grows and it only gets smaller. And so it's like, how do we take the M3 chip that's in my Mac running my Mac right now and then make it exponentially smaller so that we can put four M3 chips in the size that one M3 chip is. And so the thing about Garmin is like, and I love that Pasco, whatever this guy's name is, he's not even going to give this a chance. Like he's not even listening to the discussion that we're having, whether we're against it or for it. And that's a whole other problem that I'm going to discuss here in just a minute. But anyway, um, (laughs) anyway, um, but like the, that technology is there already. It's just wait till it hits the civilian market. Like Drew is not talking about something lofty here. Like this isn't an idea that you go, Oh, that's never going to happen. No, no, it's coming. Like you will be able to differentiate species of fish i mean hell you can already sort of do Probably, it yeah you can i mean and dude i saw get... gar the other day on my mega live and i knew as soon as i saw it i was like that's a oh, gar yeah. and how did i know it was a gar i could see its freaking nose like i could see the build of the fish and know what it was but anyway i'm sorry no, I interrupted it's get, you. no you're good it's gonna get clear and clear i'm looking for this thing i posted on david dudley's uh instagram and he he agreed with me but um essentially what's gonna happen is 
it's where do you draw the line to where the sport, the original intent of the sport and that mystery and the instinct and the education and learning about the environment and the wind direction and the, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. And you still have to know some of that stuff, of course, to where to, to go, where to shine a live scope. I get that, but there's no longer any of that mystery is, is that mystery is going to be gone. That was like the original intent of the sport. And that's what made it like exciting and your heart pounding the unknown. It's not so much unknown anymore. It's known. It's right there. So it kind of takes away from that. But here's the thing. I'm going to blow some people's mind and the, and pi squared, you know, you know, live scope, he's out. Maybe he's just saying he's out, but here's the deal. I don't mind live scope. Even the iteration where it's at now, I think it's not live scope. Isn't the issue. It's the issue is that of live scope, which costs, Buku's amount of money when you get it all done correctly, especially start adding two and three and a fish to this highest level and you're shining them different directions. And it's insane how much your bass boat costs and all this stuff. That's not the issue. It's if that's legal, why is an A rig that costs nothing illegal? Why is a tunnel hole, which is just a shape of a boat, illegal? Why is it having a, a platform like a, like a flats boat that gets you, yeah, sure, uh, put a, a height limit on it. Why having a little platform on your boat to sight fish better that puts you up, you know, two feet is when there's no cost of that at all. It costs like a hundred bucks to put that on there. Why is that? I all think you just hit the nail on the head there, Mr. Gregory. That's the real issue. It's that. Listen here, Greg. That's the listen, Greg, listen. Anyway, listen, but, I'll tell you <laughs> but no, I think you just hit the nail on the head, bro. I think you hit the nail on the head is it doesn't, the bigger it, issue. Well, it doesn't cost anything. I think yeah. what you're dealing with here is a money issue. Okay, so I'm about to give my opinion. This is probably going to piss some people off, but I really don't care. I I've, been thinking, going. I've, been, I've been thinking about this for a good hot second. <laughs> all right. So I think there's I think there's two money issues here. Money drives everything, right? The love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, yeah. Period. And done. Stop. I mean, that is just it. I think you have two money-driven factors here. The first money-driven factor is fishing has now in, in what I can see, and I'm not saying all anglers are like this, so don't take this as a generalization, but I think anglers, especially on a high-level tournament level, like your big gamblers, your big rollers, right? These dudes are going out here spending $5,500 on a tournament, elite series, whatever it is. It is no longer about bass fishing. Well, okay. Bass fishing is, is now viewed as a transactional thing hmm. i put x amount of money up i need to make x amount of money back those little green fish are money and so i can pan my live scope and i can see the money and i can throw a lure to the money and put the money into the boat and i have to keep the money alive along long enough to get them to the scale and weigh my money in and then make my money back hmm. i think that that and i think that that is not to, to the detriment of any angler that's made it that way, I think it's just the simple fact that tournament fishing and fishing is a very, very expensive hobby to have. I mean, I don't care if you're if you're if you're fishing on a high level or a low level. I mean, buddy, I'm gonna go take a couple middle schoolers fishing tomorrow in a tournament, and I'm probably gonna have to put about seventy dollars worth of gas in my boat before I get there. And that's just my boat. I already spent $60 in practice to practice for the kids to go find some fish for the, so that we can go yep. fish. I mean, so there's that money already. I can't imagine doing that. And then also forking up $5,400. And so it becomes this transactional thing of, yeah. I need to go catch the, the, the swimming money and to catch the swimming money. The best, most effective way to catch swimming money is to use the live scope. 
and that's where the big fish live and those are where the fish that are easy to catch live and it's a very transactional thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so i think that that's one aspect of it and i think i think the second money aspect of it is just the simple fact that big electronics corporations i.e garmin publicly traded companies worth billions of dollars your other electronics companies are definitely not what, worth as much as Garmin. Just is what it is, but still yeah. worth a lot of money. Investing a lot of money to have their name as title sponsors and all those things, they are pushing to make sure decisions are made to make it where it seems as though you have to have the hundred and fifty thousand dollar boat with the twenty five thousand dollars worth of electronics, pulling it with an eighty thousand dollar truck to keep the whole industry moving in a direction. And that people don't like to hear that. But the simple fact about it is, is the common person, which is makes up 90% of the fishing population, probably 99% of the fishing population is the person that's buying the product in has the purchasing power within the industry. And there's going to be a point just like with Bud Light, but it'll be in a different aspect that people, you guys, the viewers realize, Oh my gosh, I have the power to make these companies Mm -hmm. do things because when you stop buying the expensive stuff, they will quit. They'll start making decisions to not do that anymore. And I think that with the professional fishing side of things, which I'll be honest, it bores me to death. Like, Mm -hmm. like Bailey loves it. Ben likes it. I literally despise it. I cannot turn on a Bassmaster event or an MLF event. It bores me out of my gourd. And that's nothing against those dudes or the production of it. It's right. just, I don't like it. You know, it's like watching yeah. paint out of me. And all it does makes me want to go fishing more. And so I don't like it. <laughs> but like, I think the more and more that they do what they're doing now and they lead down the path that they're leading now and the more um, vitriol and, 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 just disdain that anglers get for each other for live scope for the sport we get more like people in the comments over here i mean god love you guys but i mean as soon as you say live scope i mean it is just like i mean literally i mean like like ron gomer said get the damn pit pitchforks out and the torches like we're gonna go burn something and the thing is it's either in the in favor of live scope or not in favor of live scope and there's no neutral party in between and maybe there is and they're just the vocal minority but like or vocal non-vocal majority i don't know which one but like i think all of those things ultimately lead to mm-hmm. the 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 slow dissolving and slow just dismantling of the sport of tournament bass fishing yeah and it's going to be very very interesting over the next five years because it's just going to take five ten maybe but really i think five i think garmin comes out with something crazy at icast this year and then i think they top that shit the next year after that and then i think they top the shit next year that and then i don't think it's too long I realistic, I mean, the, the fishing industry is always behind. So maybe this is lofty in saying this, but I really don't think we're looking at more than five years and you have augmented reality as it comes. Oh, to yeah. life. And there's dudes wearing Apple vision pros fishing with live scope on the front of their boats. I really think it's yeah. coming. one and, of the guys was using it today or, or use it in practice. Um, I think it was, was it Ed Lofren? Um, was it him or who someone went to the way in and, and Mercer said, I heard you were wearing goggles to see. And they said, yeah, they hooked up their live scope because basically it's glasses where you can still see out, but it actually shows the screen of his, you know, unit 
on in his glasses. And so he doesn't have to bend down all day and it was hurting his neck. So that's why he uses it. He didn't use it in the tournament today, but he says he uses it for crappie fishing all the time and he might start using it in the tournament. So we're that close. Um, and you're, dude, dude, that, is, that is black mirror so much. It's not even funny. That yeah. is so black mirror. It is not even funny. Like that creeps me out yeah, so bad. Yeah, I can't even stand it. And, and let me yeah. address this as well. So Brad Taylor says people will always love fishing. 100% agree, dude. I think what you don't understand is what I'm saying. Like people get this term. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a, a stark definition. There's fishing and then there's tournament fishing. Yeah. Two totally separate things. I don't care what anybody says. There's people who like fishing. There's always going to be people who love fishing. There's always going to be people who go fishing and don't give a shit what anybody says. I.e. my good friend, Mr. John Dalton. That dude is the most clueless dude to ever live. He just wants to go fishing and have fun. That's why I love that man so very much because I feel that down deep. And then there's tournament fishing. And Drew, you can attest to this because obviously you've got a lot of awards behind your, your head there. Dude, tournament fishing is a whole other... It's almost an industry unto itself outside of fishing. And when you're talking about like pro level, like boat tournament fishing, dude, that is just like, it's just a different thing. And that's when I say like, we'll slowly see the dissolving of the sport of tournament fishing, not the sport of fishing. Sport of fishing is not going anywhere unless we as anglers destroy it from the inside with petty bullshit back and forth. And I think live scope can be to a detriment of that when we start saying things like we're spotlighting fish. I think that is an easy foothold into a PETA-esque organization or any organization to get legislation passed that makes fishing illegal or really hard to do. I really do. So we got to be really careful by saying that. We got to be really careful with this hate about live scope and how we approach this and what verbiage we use. This has to be a nuanced topic with nuance, like, like articulated thought processes here. That's why me guys, you'll see me here. Like, like I, I, I think about things and try to think about things before I say them because I understand the power of what this thing is and what I'm saying and that we as as social people and Drew, you, you're in this place too and we're here and we influence that we've got to be really careful about how the conversation gets talked about here and what words we're using. Right. Mm-hmm. And but anyway, going back to that, I think there's a stark definition between tournament fishing and then just normal fishing. And for some people, normal fishing is tournament fishing, but for 99% of the population, I really believe that fishing is just fishing. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. and, and Brad, I'm not like getting on your ass. You know that, bro. Like, I'm just talking. Like, but like, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm I think it's just, just so important here. Right. Like, but the, the, the actual like sport quote unquote, I think it's a recreation, but the sport of tournament bass fishing will slowly dissolve because it's becoming, it's unentertaining for fans. Mm -hmm. God love the Japanese people, but me and Bethany had this conversation the other day. You know, one thing you want to know what makes a really popular UFC fighter popular. It's their personality coming out. I mean, their personality, but what do they have to speak for them? Their personality well, to come out. Yeah. They get, you know, they English, yeah. I mean, sorry, that's where the yeah. main, that's where this is happening at. And like when, and like the Koyo guy, Koyo Fujita, I think's his mm-hmm. name. Like, oh, it's hard to connect. Yeah. Listen, bro, more props to that guy. It's so badass. He came over here from Japan and has started a life and is doing this. Yeah. So badass. But the thing is, is he doesn't speak english it doesn't connect connect. dude there is like it's like alex Pereira. he's he's the light heavyweight champion of the ufc right now and bethany like 
like I like him. I think he's funny. He's funny in his own way, but like, like I've watched interviews and he's got a translator or whatever, but Bethany's just like, I don't like that guy. And I'm like, you don't like that guy. Cause he doesn't speak English. She said, yeah, that's actually it. She's like, when they don't speak yeah. English and I can't get to know their personality, I can't get to know them. Right. It loses appeal. And so the more people that we have winning like that, and the more they're staring at a screen and the more, and then even the dudes who speak English are staring at screens and they're not doing any, this is a Ben's. I've not actually watched this, but Ben's like, dude, they don't explain anything. You know, they're not telling you why they're doing something. And he said like, that's what used to be cool mm-hmm. about professional fishing is like, you know, Greg Hackney would go down a bank and like flip a jig or whatever. And he was like, all right, bros. Like, so I'm like looking at this grass line and when it, put, you know, juts out right here, that's where those fish are saying, blah, 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 blah. And you could learn something from that. Right. Yeah. And like, um, but like, and I don't know, some, I've not even read this. Andrew Watson said, her Greg Hackney discussing how the smarter release bass may start become more conditioned to, oh, anyway, but like, but anyway, I was talking about like, you know, Greg Hackney talking that way. The more those things keep happening, the more the sport of tournament bass fishing becomes uninteresting to the public. And when it comes uninteresting to the public, just like I said earlier, the public will eventually, because they make up the 99%, make the decision that that's not going to be part of what they do anymore. And when it becomes not part of what they do anymore, then it falls apart. And I'll be totally honest. I think a lot of the statistics we see, the viewer numbers, we see the things that they put out there that they're breaking records and they're doing things. I think it's all made up. Let me just restate that. I don't think it's not, it's not made up. It's just very hyperbolic. We'll just put it that way. It's very hyperbolic and it's very pulled from, the right numbers to make it look very, very good. And I think that the real, the real actual thing that's happening is very prevalent in what the culture of bass fishing and tournament bass fishing is saying about that thing. And a lot of that culture is on social media. And I know the loudest voices will speak on social media, but dude, there's people in the comment section that you don't normally see in the comment section, just being like, bro, this is just straight boring. And I think that where yeah. you find that culture is where you are, you, where you really find the answers for what's going on. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. And that's yeah. my, no, it's, my I mean, opinion. you know what I mean? Again, yeah. that, that makes people mad. People don't like it. Um, but I mean, Drew, you know, as well as I do, man, you know, like when, when a company comes out and says we got 30% more viewers on something and they're pulling numbers that count four people for every household, because that's how, many average you know the average household yeah. has and every household has a tv like dude it's just it's inflated it's hyperbolic and i think the reality of what's happening here is right that it, it's what we see in the comment sections and it's what these people here are saying and what and what's being expressed is it's just it's yeah. not what we want to see you know it's what i mean as, yeah, it's not as fine-tuned obviously as a you know youtube numbers and some other places that you can just watch stuff online but i will say Three things I wrote down during that whole uh, conversation you had there. Or I'm sorry, or I was monologue. Rant, whatever, monologue. Yeah, monologue. That's a better. Yeah. All right, but that was good. It was good. But I w- w- want to say this. So we've already established in sports because you got to talk about what this is. This is just a sport, and which is also a business. So for sports and businesses, you know, t- to make money in sports, they need to be good on TV, and they need to be accessible. Like we talked about with soccer, to the more the lower the cost of entry, the bigger your sport can be not just in the U.S., like where this is basically this bass, but but globally. And obviously yeah. we're already limited because black bass only live here, and that's what we're yeah. targeting. So yeah. we're already few, limited. There's a few in yeah. Japan, but that's – Yeah, South yeah. Africa, there's a few. So basically we've already established that 
the live scope. And again, I'm not against it. I'm, I'm for it. I just think at some point we got to cut something and l- cut it off or roll, you know, like the balls getting rolled back and golf. We got to like limit it some to some degree. So otherwise we're just going to eventually have literally just video cameras on there, just everything and telling exactly fish. And it's all going to be just, there's no more mystery. So anyway, it's got to be good on TV. It's got to be accessible to the masses, right? Which is, which is not the case when you, when all of a sudden you can't win the tournaments without a, $10,000 golf club. You know what I mean? $20,000 golf club, which is essentially what this is. If all PGA tour events were all of a sudden dominated by this one magical golf club. And obviously their clubs are very expensive. I get that, but I'm saying like super, bro, super not as expensive man, as if you went five <laughs> grand on golf club, you're going to get some damn good golf. Damn good. We, we damn. are in the most, ex- you're right. This is yeah. the most expensive sport right here yeah. with all we have going on. So the point is, do everything you can to bring it back to where it's available to the more the masses and not so, so pricey. And then also make it good on TV. If you focused on those two things, you'd be more successful. And then the final thing is this is an outdoor sport that's meant to connect, you know, people with nature and in particular these fish. And for me, it's in, in many of us out there, it's just God and creation and looking up at the birds and all the things and using nature and the natural education of my own mind and understanding how this world works with wind, weather, temperature, seasons, water clarity, water current, everything put together. Well, now we've, if we turn it into the thing that we're all trying to avoid is looking at screens nonstop. I'm on a screen. Now I'm looking at this screen. I'm on a computer all day. And now when I'm doing this sport, that's supposed to get me in the outdoors. That's what it was originally for to get kids out, you know, not looking at TV, just excited. We're, we're turning that into another screen. Like, I, I mean, and again, I don't mind if it's solely, if it's just dominated by that, where it's, you know, they were afraid the A-Rig was going to dominate, so they banned it. Well, Livesco's dominating, so where's the limitation on that? It's because mm-hmm. what you said, the money, mm-hmm. the money, but it's actually so incorrect. They have no idea what they're they're messing up. And if someone's going to watch this one day and realize it, you make it the cost of entry easier for the general public to get in and compete in these, in the competitive side of the sport. Right. The lower you can get that berry, which is kind of like the kayak adventure series and kayak fishing, the lower you get it. Uh-huh. The dude who buys a $300 kayak at a Pelican or whatever at Academy or Dick's or wherever he goes, Bass Pro, you've got him in the sport now. And, and if you make it where you can't win unless you have this expensive stuff, he's never in your sport. He's he doesn't he realizes he's got no shot, no shot. He'll never get in. But guess what he has in a year or two? Alex, what do you think he's going to have when he loves the sport? He gets into it. I mean, he gets he, he he gets more dedicated. He buys more gear. Buy, he does, yeah, he does. He's gonna thing. have the the Hobie like you have, or yeah. the the more expensive boat. He's gonna have the the graph. He's gonna have, and he might just start out with a a small one. But those companies would be, be reaping more benefit to and, and and the organizations bass fishing to make it better on TV. Limit yeah. that to some degree where so in other words, let a tunnel hole be allowed. Let mm-hmm. a, a standing platform. Let a jet drive be allowed. Let all the things if, that don't cost nearly as much and are much simpler than live scope, all of them put together wouldn't be as good as live scope is. You know what I mean? You know, but it would level think, the playing field. I think, I think one thing where here's where I think you're messing up. You said TV like four times, 17,000 people a day cut. Well, you tape. know what I mean? Just, well, I get what yeah, you're saying. Not TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let me explain. Yeah, let me explain what I'm saying here, though. I use it. <laughs> Seventeen thousand people a day cut cut mm-hmm. cable, and they go to a streaming service, or they just don't have anything right. at all. They just have internet, and they right. watch YouTube, they watch Netflix, whatever. I think what 
Okay, so Bassmaster, MLF. They have a certain set of regulations that they have to work within. They have a certain set of sponsors that they have to appeal to. Yes, I work with Pure Fishing, but there's nothing in my contract that says I have to say X about X on X time, X many times. I make videos that they are involved in. I don't make videos for them, and neither do they expect me to. I make videos where they are involved. X2 is the same way. And I think that when the content, people are, are craving real content. I know they are like I, they're the, the data shows it like the, the, the audience shows it like people are craving realness in this world of just fake BS. I mean, there is so much TV that we watch and so much that we're force fed. This is like, it's fake boobs. It's fake butts. It's fake private jets. It's fake cars. It's fake. This it's fake money. It's fake mm-hmm. wealth. It's fake everything. And like, I try to be as realistic as I possibly can be. Like, I think people are craving real. And I think when the sport of bass fishing embraces itself and embracing itself means embracing Billy Bob who fishes on a bucket, just like Billy Joe who fishes from a bass boat. Like we are all in this thing together. And the thing is, is we have got to be way more inclusive and not exclusive with the production of certain products and the certain classification of products. And I think that's what you were getting at earlier. Is it like we right now are producing products and producing product lines and producing categories within the fishing industry that makes it an exclusive thing for people who just have money. I mean, and dude, like the thing is, is like, bro, I I make a good living, but I ain't, I cannot, (laughs) freaking afford a hundred and thirty thousand dollar bass boat and that's just the boat that ain't the electronics mm-hmm. i mean it's the reason i'm using the the boat that my dad passed down to me right it's because like hey look it popped up and then i can yeah, also do this it's too fancy See, when does that happen when does that happen? Know, it's, it's, happen? It's, on, it's a thing on on max uh, anyway um yeah, Mac, come on it's, anyway that's a rabbit hole uh, yeah and like all of this it's a reason and like even you know like i bought a, my original hobie and then the hobie i have was given to me you know by dugout and they rigged it for me and so that even to me is it's a little it's a little excessive but it's still affordable you know what i mean but like i just mm-hmm. want to do what i can to keep it as realistic as, as i possibly can and keep it down to earth and keep it in a realm that people understand i mean it's why i put brian griffin puking over putting gas in my boat because at the end of the day yes it's my job to go fishing and i absolutely love my job and i'm never going to complain for a minute that i get to fish every day it is still i try to keep a finger on the pulse of the reality of the normal fisherman and that's what the fishing industry and pro bass fishing and bass fishing as in a tournament aspect is not doing they're not keeping a finger right. on the pulse of the regular fishermen and and it doesn't matter how much how much virtue signaling they do with their advertising or how much they want to say that you know bass is for the normal angler it just isn't right yeah you're right man it's it, crazy <laughs> yeah i mean think about it like this and this guy uh the the burly triple a hype man he has a comment. He says, no offense. Soccer is the worst analogy. It's a pay to play for kids to be really involved. 30 year referee, semi-pro college, all the way to littles. Just, just saying, but that's not what I'm saying. You're missing the point, dude. Right now, what Alex is saying, if, if you need to learn live scope to win professional and, and be the best at the sport at the pro level, if that's what you got to do, how's a kid 
and name some bodunk, you know, poverty city ever going to have the money to have a bass boat, live scope, troll motor, all this stuff. But my God, he can get a soccer ball, go out there and learn how to play. And if he's got skill and talent, he can find it. That doesn't take much money at all. Nothing. It's a ball. It's simple. That's why it's so popular around the world. And people end up in the, the highest level of professional soccer that were just, they had came from no money. They just had the skill uh, and they worked their way up. Now, obviously you got to pay, like you're saying, to get your kids in leagues and stuff like that, but that's no different. You got to pay to get it, you know, higher levels, but you're not, but just the, the equipment is what I'm talking about. The equipment alone is a ball and some shin pads and like, that's yeah. it, man. Like that is not the same, but it's a perfect analogy. Like it, that yeah. is simple, man. That's why the sport's so big and, across the whole and, world. And the thing is, and like same dude said, you know, there's a fully loaded $70,000 boat for elite series angler. Go ahead. Buy that thing with 350 hours on it. That's probably never had the oil changed the right way. That's got chunks out of the damn fiberglass and has been absolutely beat to piss. Yeah. You can get affordable boats but you're getting what you pay for. Like, that's the yeah. thing is like those elite series boats, man, it, guys, if you only knew it, the horror stories that I could tell you of things that I have seen sure. <laughs> on an, a pro's boat, like there's some of them that take really good care of them. They take care of them. Like I take care of my boat, but like there's other dudes who uh, the, I've seen skags ripped off. I've seen, I've seen drive shafts bent. I've seen, I mean, like, some god awful stuff like they treat they treat their boats like me and drew treat our kayaks and the thing is our kayaks are built to be beat up like that <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely man and, and i got you uh hype man i see you said the equipment that's fair that's the analogy i was making it was more about the equipment because right now a kid could go walk walk on the bank and learn how to catch fish or he could go on a kayak and learn how to fish around the bank but my god if he doesn't have the money for live scope you're not making it that elite series dude you're never making it anywhere fishing the bank that those days are over and you yeah. can tell by hank cherry and all the all the guys you know you just go listen to anything about live scope for the old school guys that talk about it, it it's it's over and and that's just simply the way to end but the thing is somebody else made a comment on here i'll, I'll pull it up and they said garmin is making so much money and that's true but can you imagine how much more money they would make if they if the elites in these series actually didn't because they're forcing the people that are already in the sport the same number of people that are in it to all of a sudden say well shoot and then there's only a certain number of those people that can even afford this technology and and so they're saying essentially with the rule set the way it is now that you got to have it to win. You're basically saying, if you want to do this and keep doing it, pursuing it, you got to buy it. Right. So not many new people out of the blue are just coming into fishing with that money and saying, I'm going to go do this. You're just taking the same number of people that are already in your pie and saying, now you guys all spend more money instead of, if you made the rule set where you gave people a chance with the other shallow water and less expensive, just a shape of a boat, a, a tunnel hole or uh, you know, the, uh, a jet drive or an A-rig or other things like that. They're inexpensive. And, and maybe they are obviously A-rig still great in conjunction with live scope, but you know what I'm saying? Like all these other things that they've outlawed that are way less expensive and more uh, accessible to the general public that doesn't have all that money. If they would do that and get, it allows more people to kind of be welcomed into the sport because it's a lower cost of entry. And now they're buying that guy. There's you know, is buying a, a live scope uh, eventually in a few years or just a simple graph that doesn't have live scope and they're, they're working their way up and now more people are in it instead of the same number of people just spending more money, you know, or trying to get them to spend more money, keep milking and, them, milking them. It's like, no, here's, here's the, Throw here's it. the crazy part is that like the money that Garmin makes from fishing is like one fifty yeah. of their entire like oh, budget. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, dude, Garmin. I guess I don't think you understand. The, the U.S. government oh, yeah. gives Garmin billions of dollars every year to make war machine, like to yeah. make war equipment. Like it is just a giant industrial complex. You know what I mean? But no, I just wanted to get on that topic a little bit. I know you'd be a good one to discuss it with. I mean, again, I, I have my opinions on it. I, I try to stay as neutral as I can because I do have it on the boat. You know, I, I've used it. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy it, to be totally honest with you. I think certain people really, really like it. Like Ben and Bailey, they really enjoy fishing with it. And and the thing about it at the end of the day is I want people to enjoy fishing. And I want people to enjoy fishing how they want to enjoy fishing. I just think that it's really important that as an industry that we look at who drives the industry. And who drives the industry are you guys listening, you guys watching, and the normal folks, because the normal folks who are going out there and buying equipment, they're buying rods and reels, they're buying baits, they're buying things. And, and the thing is, is you guys will notice that on my channel, I use affordable gear. I use common sense stuff. I go out and I go fishing. I do comparison videos like a rock crawler versus a money badger to show you guys which one's which. I've got more of those coming where I'm going to put stuff like the Vision 110 against the, you know, the Stunna and all of these different baits. And I mean, the thing is, is I'm going to show you because the thing is, like the people over at Berkeley are not scared of that. And like, I I just want to show you in my world that I work in what works what doesn't what's real what isn't i mean i can't hide anything in what i do like if i'm not using a certain brand or i'm not using your guys are going to see it because guess what you get a picture right here and it is a really wide picture that encompasses everything that you can see i mean you look at my shoes you can look at my pants you can look at everything yeah. like everything is there for you guys to see and i just want that to be realistic for you guys and i want you guys to be able to take what i know and what i do apply it to where you work and where you go fishing and enjoy yourself. That's all I care mm-hmm. about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I, love it. I, I think, I think I got something coming down the pipe too. So be on the lookout guys, everybody that's still watching. I got something coming down the pipe that they'll add into that. Um, that I think you guys are going to really enjoy where it's just no BS. It's just me sharing my experiences. And I think you guys are, uh, are going to enjoy that, but that's neither here nor there. Drew buddy. Yeah. We might- can. <laughs> thanks man no you too man we can keep going all night long i'm sure but uh and the comments are rolling in you guys have been great to to have on board here and i wish that we could just keep going but we got to cut it at some point but uh yeah good good conversation man we'll we'll see sure. you guys at the kayak adventure series events we'll have some fun there we can keep t- keep talking and you know at the after party because again we end on saturday so we can celebrate the night away and and uh the speakeasy i will end on this a speakeasy that we're going to for our after party at Thomaston, Georgia is going to blow people's minds. It's a hidden place. I've never, it's, it's so cool in this little dinky town. It's going to blow your mind. So uh, we'll see you guys there for the big party for the fun. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's about it. I guess, man. I don't know. Lots First of all, before, we, before we end this thing, Tony laws is in Melbourne, Australia. Listen, bro, I'm going to say this. I'm going to make an idiot of myself. Good day, mate. I love it every single time. Listen, I love Australians. Alexander Volkanovsky is one of the baddest dudes that's ever lived. So I love Australians. You guys are awesome. I got to come down there and catch a damn Murray Cod that's on the bucket list before I die. Drew, you're awesome. Everybody that watched and listened, you guys are awesome. And uh, yeah, as always, you guys are sweet. And we'll see y'all. All All right. Bye. Bye, buddy.